0: Revolution from your bed podcast, episode two of season two. I can't believe we're already at season two. This has been so fast, those 10 last episodes. It just flew like time. I wanted to discuss today a serious matter, actually. I've been hearing a lot from especially chronic patients, fellow chronic patients, peers and friends about the intensity of things during Corona and during the Corona isolation and quarantine. And what I've been noticing is that there is some sort of strange comfort in the fact that everybody's stuck home. So in the first few days to a few weeks, some of us chronic patient illness are feeling it might be even comforting that other members of our family and friends or other people are experiencing what we experience, but then when the prices starts to rise and surface, that. It caused a lot of public health issues and depressions and people just cannot find themselves because people are used to living routines and most people have what I called automated routines. They are completely mindless, like you have to go to work, you have to shop this, you have to meet a friend. But what happened when you are forced to be in one location? I have a video about it on YouTube and it was kind of controversial for some people because I was very comparative about it, I was telling my audience that basically, kind of, you are now welcome to our world as chronic illness patients and feel what we feel. And I think the meaning was not to insult people, but to show them that we are actually experiencing a lot of hardship and that we experience this isolation almost every day. But what happens if you're already a bit better or you fought for getting better and now you have to stay at home? There are second, third quarantines, fourth quarantines in some countries, and what can you do? And I wanted to focus today's episode on what do you do specifically when you feel overwhelmed with the isolation, with the fact that days become a bit tougher, a bit longer maybe, and how to get out of this kind of rut that develops around every day looks the same and I want to talk about my quarantine routines and healthy quarantine routines for chronic illness patients. So let's start. Welcome again. I want to go deeper today. I have a YouTube video and I've written about it and I know I've been talking so much about quarantine routines lately. I've been posting about it on Facebook and Instagram, even on Twitter, talking about how important on routines, especially for chronic illness patients, but basically for anybody because i think that it's totally normal that you would feel overwhelmed and even during non-corona times that once in a while you'll have a day that you don't have to be sick in order to feel that you need to take a break and if your mental health is taking care enough in terms of mental flossing or mental hygiene as i call it your body will kind of know how to signal you hey I need a sick day even though you're not sick maybe but your body need a break and then you want to curl in in bed or on your sofa watch Netflix and really kind of let the day pass and spend one day really just to reset yourself this is totally fine but what happens if this has become kind of routine whether if it's because of corona or not and I must admit I have days like this I woke up this morning and I was so exhausted that you know the first instinct was yeah, I want to go back to bed. And I know that for some of you that watch me on YouTube or watch other content creators or influencers or coaches or whatever you want to call them, you think that those people are just like machines. They wake up in the morning at like 5 a.m. and they run and then they eat the healthiest meal and then they have four or five hours of undisturbed work and then everything is perfect. But I must tell you that everyone struggles with it because... For most of my friends, at least, the only thing that actually keeps them in the routine is the fact that they have to be somewhere, whether if they're doing some sort of an office job, a military service, some sort of studies that you have to attend. So then you're kind of active, but I call it kind of false activeness because you can see it on the outside and see, wow, this person is so active. But actually, when you leave your home and when you arrive to the place, to your designated place of arrival, what do you actually do? Are you really, really, really productive? Are you really concentrated? I had days in college that I could study for eight hours and it was so interesting and I was so engaged, I was so so much into the material that I just soaked it in and I just wanted to be there. But I had days that I studied for two or three hours and my mind wasn't there. So why am I even going to college? I could stay at home and work and just complete the lecture later if it's not 100% attendance the requirement. And I see it a lot and I hear it a lot from students and even corporate workers or even, yes, self-employed entrepreneurs. And I've watched a lot of videos and I've read a lot about it. And what I'm seeing as kind of a trend is that most people will tell you that you can only be really productive or really engaged or what I like to call really bring yourself to a place if you have some sort of logic behind what you're doing, and not only I have to do it, but some sort of end goal, passion, willingness to actually be in that moment. And it has a lot to do with routines in my mind. In my idea, if you have healthy routines, and I'm not talking about only strict routines, I will talk about very stricter routines during quarantine because we are forced to be in one place and we are very much limited. If I could do whatever I want right now, I would probably be flying around, doing my projects, doing my talks, I will be traveling more, meet my family, meet my friends, have meetings. A day for me, a regular day when it's not quarantine is comprised usually of two or three meetings of content creation, working on my projects, on doing some sort of self-care, Of course, taking care of my body, whether it's yoga, meditation, activity, meeting people that I like, reading in, watching content that enrich me, spending time with my loved ones. But now, when everything is so compressed and so stale and so frozen, it's very, very hard. And what I found that really helped me is to have a routine, and even in a day like this, that I really don't want to start my day because there is nothing to do. It's snowing outside, the weather is frozen, the time seems to be frozen. You have this feeling that nothing is really happening. And I think that for me, it's a combination of routines and the creation of expectation points throughout your week. And maybe it's my personal personality type, but I'm a kind of person who really likes to anticipate stuff. It can be a meal because I'm a studie. It can be talking with a friend. It can be a meeting. And usually what I found that's really helpful to me specifically, especially when I'm sick or when I have relapses or now during quarantine, is to set at least one point every day, one anchor that you activate your day around it. And what I mean as an anchor, an anchor can be a work call, a loved one call, an activity you need to do, something you need to learn, gaming with friends, everything that you really need to anticipate for. And then you can create around a system of rewards and kind of anticipation. So what I like to do is to start my day not really early because it's a challenge for me and I'm trying to make my hours earlier and earlier, but I'm starting my day around 8.30 in the morning and usually what I do is yoga and those 15 minutes of yoga is really helpful to kind of clear your mind, relax your body and really kind of activate your body and mind towards a new day. I feel that without yoga I feel locked and today for instance I was kind of in a rush to do some things in the morning, and I didn't do yoga, so even now when I'm sitting and recording this episode, I feel frozen in my body, I feel locked, and I think that it's a very good reminder of starting your day with yoga, with stretches, Pilates, but 5 minutes at least, I recommend 15, can really be helpful. I try to meditate every day for 5 minutes, I don't do it all the time in the morning, it's really dependent. Some days I need to be super alert and I do my meditation at night and some days I can go more relaxed into the days and then I do it right after my yoga as the end part of the yoga. The problem with meditation in the morning is that for some people it's so relaxing that they then claim it's harder for them to concentrate in some sort of test but I never heard somebody say something negative about meditation. It's one of the things that really changed my life completely so I recommend trying to do it in the morning breakfast is really dependent on you some people are not hungry in the morning some people are super hungry there is no direct science really claiming what is the most important meal of the day there's some evidence showing that actually eating the heaviest meal around lunchtime making more sense in terms of metabolism for me I'm not usually hungry in the morning and we start our day with the porridge. Some days I eat a porridge and it's super, super fills you up with energy to the rest of the days, oatmeal and so on. And I will specifically do it when I have a lot of things to do, especially when I'm going outside. It's not now with the quarantine. If you have a full day ahead of you, you don't want to have this sugar collapse around noon. So if you eat a porridge, you're pretty much set for a few hours. And this is wonderful. I also try, for some days, intermittent fasting for my body It works Amazingly, I'm one of those people who can really fast until like 4 in the afternoon and I wouldn't feel bad unless I'm outside doing a lot. If it's a regular day, non-corona one, around 2, I will start to feel really unwell because I need to eat and then... What I'll do is basically usually have the heavier meal of the day, even though it's not really healthy for a lot of chronic patients. We eat one heavy meal. It's better to have like five smaller meals. But for me, there is also an element of the reward that I was talking about. I'm a foodie. I like to be really expecting what I'm going to eat. I usually plan it, at least like the day before. I'm thinking, what do I need to buy? What do I need to prepare in advance? And my lunch will be kind of very rewarding. And around two, I will start my food preparation, sometimes around 1.30, just because I think that it's very much important to not eat next to your workstation. You can watch something, you can read something, you can watch a YouTube, but I don't like it when people just order in food and continue working. Of course, we have deadlines and so on, but this half an hour hour of break is vital for your mind, in my opinion. And what I like to do is really around 1.30 to stop everything, prepare the food from 2 to 2.30 or so to eat my food, watch some sort of an episode, watch educational or inspirational YouTube. Usually I don't read what I'll eat. I like to kind of more be entertained in some way. I don't even listen to podcasts while I eat because usually I listen to podcasts while I walk or while I do other stuff, but eating is kind of sacred. You take this break and then you move on. And I think that if you maintain some sort of constant hour of eating, depending on your body needs, this will help you feel more balanced. I had a time in my life when I was living abroad and i ate in so accurate hours because that was the culture and my body became to really feel better i had much less indigestion problem and my ibs symptoms were really really lowered because i was eating a lot of veggies a lot of rice a little bit of meat a little bit of animal product in general. I wasn't a vegan or vegetarian, but I was really limiting my consumption, and for my body it was great, the combination between eating clean and eating organized. What I'm trying to do during quarantine is really to have those holy eating hours, so one of them will be around 1.30 preparing and eating at 2, the second will be at dinner in which is supposed to happen for me around seven but not before i go back of course after (laughs) after eating my lunch to work i work for two three hours more try to be undisturbed is extremely hard to work on four or five different projects in the same time there are a few methods some people are dividing their work week into days they are dedicated to projects for me a lot of time has to be based on promptness because sometimes you have some sort of a deadline or a lunch of something one of a project or a video or a podcast so i'm trying to have it more scheduled and in my case it doesn't really work to have a day for each project but i heard from other entrepreneurs that have more than one project that it's really helpful another thing that it's helpful to be undisturbed cuz you know you want to eat your breakfast and work for 2-3 hours and then you want to eat your lunch and then work for 2-3 hours undisturbed. And one of the best things to do, unless you really, really have to be prompt to emails and phone calls, is to actually concentrate those in the first hours of the day. In general, in this reward system I'm talking about, and anticipation, the test that you don't like to do or your least favorite, I will do it first thing in the morning. Just wake up, do your yoga, breakfast or not, it's up to you. And then take between half an hour to an hour to do everything that really annoys you. On your task list, you can even mark it or label it. Everything regarding taxes, reporting, accounting, emails that you've been pushed and don't want to answer. Just do it in the first hour of the day, get rid of it. and. I know a lot of people who actually silence and mute even their email for the rest of the day and the most productive people I know, unless they have to be prompts to them, they don't even answer email until tomorrow morning. They say whatever comes before 9am or so, I'm answering, the rest will wait for the next day. I know some of you are self-employed and you have to answer clients or get orders. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that if you can, I will do it in the first hour of the day then when you go back to work, it's going to be super easy for you to focus on your task. So let's get back for the routine. Wake up in the morning, of course, brush your teeth, do whatever you need to do. Shower depends on what you do. Some people shower in the morning, some people shower in the evening. I do it in the evening. It's easier for me to just get up, refresh myself, brush my teeth, do 15 minutes of yoga, five minutes of meditation, and then I don't eat breakfast. I sit with my girlfriend for a coffee, like she drinks a coffee. I drink a tea, unfortunately people with POTS are having a hard time with coffee. IBS and of course the caffeine is not good for our tachycardia, so I'm drinking a very relaxing herbal tea usually, and then I can start my day. I'm trying to sit on a designated working station. Some people work from bed because they have to. Some people work from the couch because they have to. But some people are just feeling lazy. When you're home, if you're not going to dedicate a working space, it's going to be very hard for you to separate between leisure and work. And then I found myself having this nice couch and saying, oh, I like to edit here. So then when I sit with my girlfriend at night on the couch to watch something, it's very easy to... You know start to answer work mails or start to edit again because you're already in a place that you don't understand the designation of your body is confused your mind is confused i have a workstation i sit next to my workstation i try to put on some lo-fi music you can find it on youtube or on spotify or apple music there are really good playlists and this lo-fi bit are for me really relaxing and put me into the mood. It's also good for studying, of course, or any other high demanding concentration kind of test. And then I say to myself, what is the most urgent thing you have to do today? Usually what I do, I make a list of five tasks a day that I must do. And I combine it with thing that I do every week. So every week I'm recording an episode for the podcast. I launch this podcast episode on Friday and I try to have another YouTube video also on Friday and one on Monday if I have the time. So what I'm doing is usually trying to record my episode until Tuesday and then send it to my editor, my sound engineer that helped me edit my podcast and then in around wednesday thursday i'm shooting my youtube video and then edit it and launch it friday saturday it's not constant yet because i haven't decided yet if i launch it on a specific day some people say the algorithm like it some people say it doesn't matter but i'm trying to not condense everything for one day it's too hard for my chronic illness for my pot i'm trying to have one recording one day of the week I'm exhausted after recording. I mean, even more exhausted after shooting a video. And I found that that it's easier to plan a week ahead. Sometimes it's harder because some work types really demand you to be more prompt. So it's harder for me to plan the entire week. What I try to do is to plan my calls because I have a lot of work calls and separate them. I used to make the same mistake that I have: three calls a day and four meetings and I run between them and then I have a day that is completely empty and then I would wake up in the morning and say, oh, what do I do now? But no, especially now with Corona, you need this anticipation. You need some sort of anchors. So then it's easier to create anchors around things you can't really change. If you have a call that it's hard to schedule, it can be a very good anchor. Try to put those calls in the times that is designated to work. I designated to work from 9 to 1 and then again from 3.30 to 6. And this is my designated time. I try to have at least one call a day instead of two three calls every day. Sometimes I have three calls every day, but in Corona, everything is very diminished. I think it's a very good time for all of us. If you don't have work calls, it's a good time to actually start schedule calls with friends. I know it's very hard to remain in a very constant connection like we were before. What we do with our groups of friends is once in a month we have a Zoom, all the group together, and I'm trying to have at least a call a week with my brother and sister, some group of friends, individual friends, but I'm never doing it in time of work. I always do it after hours or in the weekend because it's really messed up with your schedule. And I tried answering phone calls that are kind of unwanted and then you see oh my god i just lost half an hour of work and i can complete it later but then it messed up your entire schedule and then usually when we can it depends on the quarantine and our schedules but what we used to do me and my partner is just to go for a short 15 30 minutes walk and do the groceries if needed or any errands that are available now during corona like pharmacy post bank or so on and then come back home work for two to three more hours and then six in the evening i stop everything and what i do is i put on my training clothing on and if i cannot go to the gym like now in the quarantine for us potsies it's the greatest paradox in healthcare i think we are completely dependent on having the right amount of exercise fitness But we are completely exercise intolerant, so it's a great (laughs) effort to balance that. When I used to do rehabilitation in a hospital, it was much easier. I had my schedule and then I come back home. When I do EMS, because it's easier for me, it's easier. Now with quarantine, what I have to do is to actually train. If the weather allows, I go for half an hour to 45 minutes walk. I listen to a podcast, I listen to music, I do the walk like any other person that you see on the street doing some sort of fast walk or jogging. For my body, it's like running, I'm getting to very, very high pulses. People with POTS, when they stand, it's like running in the place and when they walk it's basically like running, so I have sometimes 140, 150 pulse, depends on the weather. So this 30 minutes of walk is just like other exercise, I come back very hungry, I come back very tired but usually the endorphins kick in after like 15 minutes and then you're very prompt to ideas. I usually go to shower and then I write a bit, my ideas, journal, write in my book. I have this file on my computer that it's is non-dependent on the other parts of the book. It's called my book sandbox and I put everything that I want to write it there and later on, if I think it fits the book, it's a book, if it's a poem, I put it where I put the rest of the poem, if it's just an idea or a journaling, i use notice in general this is a great app to just journal and organize your life everything there is really helpful in a way of appearance so what i'm doing instead of having now all these millions of tabs open all day long i just have my mail open and my notion open And then instead of having 15 tabs, I just close everything and open a tab that I need and then close it later. I used to think that I always need a stronger computer, but then I realized that most of the memory the computer consumes is basically from the browser. I think that Notion really solved a lot of those problems. You can log whatever you want to eat, to grocery buying, to to buy, to travel, to journal, to do list, work list, whatever you want, to blog my videos ideas, my podcast ideas, everything is there. And I have this file that is I open it in one second and then I start writing it. And then in the evening, after I journaled and written, it's time to prepare dinner, to eat dinner, and then not Netflix time. Usually my friends are just gaming or watching Netflix or something like that. We decided as a couple that we are going to do something different. So we take the next hour and a half to two hours after dinner to acquire new skills, to practice, for instance, my girlfriend practiced singing. I usually improve skills that I need to, like my writing, my video editing, my podcasting. I'm doing more creative stuff that I need to for my patient school articles and so on. And it's also not only creation and skill time, it's also what I call leisure time because this is your me time so sometimes I I don't feel like learning so much and it's okay I worked all day long so I will read a book I will listen to music maybe watch something maybe talk to a friend maybe game with friends it's a good way for us college friends to keep in touch later on around 10 we reconvene and do something together as a couple, cuddle, watch something, read something, have a good conversation, and we try around 10 to 10.30 to try to move these activities into bed already, and do relaxing stuff, and kind of wind out, because ultimately I would go to sleep around 11. It's been years that I managed to do it, usually it's much later for us, but like we try to end our day not later than midnight. It's tough, and it's quarantine, but we try to do it, and I stopped watching things before bed, like it's okay to watch things from 10 to 10.30, 10 to 11, but then the last hour before sleep is winding down, low light, there are automated states in our phones and computer for night mode, night shifts on Apple products, kind of to block blue lights, drink a relaxing tea. Sometimes I do even again a meditation or a pilates just to wind down, or I do a night meditation. It's also a great way, but what I discovered for me is the best thing to do is to read. To read half an hour of a book. Reading a book is really tiring your eyes and it's really helping you to settle for bed. I have a huge challenge right now because I read a lot of books in Hebrew, which is my native tongue, and it's very hard to use Hebrew on Kindle. So I'm trying to solve this challenge because I like to read on my phone. And I want to move into an e-reader because I want to completely separate between the phone functionality and reading. I want it to be neutral and I'm trying to find a solution there. Of course, that physical books are probably the best, but for me, you know, traveling a lot and moving between countries, it's not easy to carry a lot of books. I carry some books like the Men's Search for Meaning that I was talking about by Viktor Frankl, but I cannot carry hundreds of books. So I have an e-library on my phone and I use it with night mode, a dark mode, and it's okay but it's not a perfect solution but I really recommend you to read before bed no matter how you like to read and then go to sleep sleep hygiene is super important I don't need to stress how much sleep is important for us chronic illness patients and for everybody's mental health and physical health but I think that if you kind of getting to use to proper sleep hygiene Everything is going to be affected because I have a lot of friends that are like going to sleep at 5 a.m., waking up in the middle of the day because they lost their job or they're waiting for it to go back to work or they do home office because of corona. I think that the contrary, the first few days is great to have some fun, but then I think you need to be more strict with yourself now because otherwise it's very hard to go back to routines. In the fourth quarantine, it was very hard for me to go back to regular time routines, and now I have a very healthy sleep routines that I'm really trying to foster. What I'm trying to do, because I have right now, and that's what I usually do, people ask me, how do you manage your time and what exactly do you do? So in terms of content creation, the anchors are at least one YouTube and one podcast a week, but I have other things to do. I talked about it before, but if you don't know, I'm writing a book. I'm in the middle of the writing of the book which took me like six months, and I'm expecting to finish my entire book in around six months more. I tried everything. Some people say I wake up in the morning and I write for two hours. Some people have only 20 minutes a day. Some people say whatever the muse hit. I'm a very muse kind of uh, dependent kind of writer, but I found that, that it's very, very hard to be dependent on it. So what I'm trying to do is to put writing in my schedule. And I think the best writing time for me It's actually not during my work hours. It's actually after I walk or shower or have a reflection time. I have to have some sort of trigger to really clear my mind. So I will allow myself this half an hour of writing so usually later in the evening because I'm more concentrated and less during work hours. But I would love to hear more ideas about it. My current challenge will be actually to try to write one hour a day in schedule, and what I want to do is to meditate in the morning and then write. You need to be strict with yourself. Discipline, it's what's gonna help you pull through this quarantine, especially if you're a chronic illness patient. If you have this schedule and you can maintain at least three, four hours days of work, and I always say it, it's better to have three or four hours days of work a day. They are really productive and you can see outcome of than having an eight hour schedule and just procrastinate, just buy yourself time. So I'm trying to have really netto netto netto, three, four hours days of work. And sometimes I have five hours of work, but I want to put everything that I have in one place. If you keep healthy sleep, waking up around the same time every morning and do the same routines regarding activity, connection with loved ones, giving something to yourself, and doing productive things, it can completely change your life. For chronic illness patients, if you don't have a work to do, I would take upon myself a project. If you don't have anything to study, if you don't have work, I think you need to be your project to get better. And you should do the same quarantine routine, but those four hours a day of work should be replaced with skill acquiring and working on yourself as a patient. The patient school will come soon. You'll have a lot of content there that will help you keep engaged with yourself, uh, get better. But for now, the world is in your reach, really. If you don't have any purpose, I would try to basically learn everything I wanted to learn. Now is the time. You want to learn crafts, you want to learn skill. I would definitely take mini project and in the next episode, I will talk about how writing saved my life, basically. I will take projects upon myself, and I want to dedicate a specific episode to how to deal with the quarantine as a chronic illness patient, but you have to do the same routine that you would expect from your healthy self, but fill your time with things that enrich you. If you remember my story, I've decided to not waste my time, and I only consume content that is educational at some point, except for one hour a day that I allowed myself to be entertained. So I was basically studying and developing all day long. You can basically do an entire degree from your bed, guys. There are amazing free Coursera courses. There is the university of the people that your entire degree is completely subsidized to the fact that it's two to 4,000 euros or dollars if you can afford it, if you cannot. There are a lot of other resources out there but you need to understand that if you're going to let your day become some sort of a blob, it's going to be very hard for you to find the right bodily and mentally resources to get better. So I would dedicate an entire episode of a chronic illness routine, but for now, I would love you to kind of hang on and tune in, because I learned a lot from my almost a decade in bed intermittent, and this is the reason I'm starting the patient school so we can have a place that we can actually learn how we can get better and not engage only in the social media that makes us think that everybody's life is perfect but us but to have some sort of a social media of hope guys, I think that those routines that I mentioned are perfect for me but they're being perfected every day I would love to hear any comment about your routines, how did you manage to do it? I just know in a most honest way that it's completely held me in a very proactive mode. This quarantine for me was highly productive. I've started to write a book, I've started my YouTube channel, everything during quarantine. Like this is everything that I did started during quarantine. And why did it take me so many years? Because I didn't have the time to do it in my perception. But there is always time, it's only about time management. And now I believe that right discipline and routine and creating anticipation around your days and creating a reward system around your days, like eating something nice or spoil yourself with something, like a Netflix show or a series or a good book at night can really help you stay more healthy and happy. And remember, if you feel kind of lost, if you feel you need to talk to somebody and you don't have this immediate trust circle, log into to bodyhelp.org. You can get a free emotional support there and a very, very subsidized and cheap psychological therapy. I really recommend you to try it out, whatever you are a chronic patient or not. If you feel you need to talk to somebody, if this quarantine is too tough to bear, log into body help. I'm not getting any penny from them for saying this. I just think it's an amazing project and that I wish I had free emotional support when I was lying in bed. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you take something from my routines here with you. And i see you on the next week when we're going to talk about a chronic illness patient routine. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next.